Hi, my name is White James Moore, and you are listening to my dad and your host of the Lifestyle Asset University podcast. What's up, guys? Welcome to today's episode of the Vodacy podcast, and that's our Vacation Rental Revolution podcast. Today, I've got my right-hand guy, my man, Scott Marshall, on with me on the podcast. Scott, say hi to everybody. Hey, glad to be here. I don't know ever what to uh, introduce Scott as. I've introduced him as a little of everything in the company. Scott's been with me longer than anybody has at Vodacy. And so I want to start introducing Scott to you guys a little bit. He's He has his hands on pretty much everything we do here at Vodacy. And uh, with, with everything we're doing, helping people build their portfolios, but also as we're putting together our portfolios and, and doing all that stuff. So I'm going to start having Scott on these podcasts because Sometimes I think just having conversations about what we're hearing in the industry. And um, I, I think sometimes I take for granted the fact that I've been doing this for so long and I assume that people think the way I do. Right. And Scott's newer to real estate, right, Scott, you, you haven't been around real estate for 20 years like me. No, not even close. Yeah. We're, we're, we're trying to find Scott, his first property and he's uh, Scott's a mountaineer. So he wants to be like off the beaten path, a-frame somewhere where nobody else is at or, you know, so a cabin where there's no internet or cell service. And so that we're, we're looking for that one, right? Yeah. Probably going to have to build it. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yep. Yep. So, so anyways, um, I wanted to talk to you guys today and, and I don't know how long this episode will be. We're going to, we're just going to kind of riff a little bit on, on a few things. The main topic that I wanted to kind of talk about and we'll start with and who we'll see where it goes from here with our conversation, but is, this notion that the market has anything to do with whether you get into this game or not, really, whether you're when you're buying long-term real estate assets, you guys hear me say this quite often, but I, but it's really short, and I'm trying. I want to try to kind of break down that wall or that barrier in your mind, and maybe try to put a little more context to it, maybe some analogies to help you understand that when I say when was the best time to buy one of these assets. And I always say yesterday, yesterday was the best time to buy. And the the reason for that is if you're in the long game, if you're buying an asset and you're buying a real estate that somebody else is going to pay for, and that gives you a return. And really the big benefit is having somebody else pay for that asset. You want to start maturing that asset as soon as possible. If you didn't buy it yesterday, we buy it today. And the market is for the most part, irrelevant. Now, there, that doesn't mean we don't pay attention to the market. We'll talk a little bit about that. But I want I want you guys to understand that the market doesn't dictate whether we're buying or not. I've been in real estate for 20 years. We've had some ups and downs in 20 years. You guys know that. We will always have these ups and downs in the real estate markets. And every year for the past 20 years, I have bought properties every single year. And we've been able to make money on properties every single year. And so you have to make short-term pivots based on the market. But when you're buying assets for the long-term, you've got to be, you've got to start, you got to start that asset to mature, right? And so Scott, we, we talk about this all the time and I just kind of assume people think this way. And, but we do hear a lot, right? We hear within our group, we hear when we, when we're out there talking to other people that, well, is now the right time, you know, and, and we get, in, in my opinion, I'm always like, hey, don't give yourself an excuse to of the market, you know, but, it's, but sometimes I need to go a little deeper and explain that what I mean by that, right? Yeah, I, I think honestly, Sean, the capitalist economy is confusing to most people. 
whether we will admit it or not. That's myself included. I have an economics degree, right? <laughs> it's a confusing beast. And so when you think about real estate, the way most people think about real estate is it's this crazy, confusing game that goes up and down and somebody knows when it's going to go up and down, but really nobody knows. And so I got to get in at the right time and get out at the right time. It's, it's like a stock that's going way up and way down. And that's right. terrible. Like you should be nervous if that's what you're seeing. I think your frustration is you're like, dude, don't, don't mess up my world with that. That is not my world. Right. Yeah. It's not a, right. We've, we've heard over and over for years. I don't know how many times I've heard somebody say, you know, you buy it, you make your money when you buy, which I totally agree with, but they're taking that concept of you have to buy low in order to sell high. That's not, you know, if you're always having to buy low, sell high, buy low, sell high, that's a trader, right? You're, you're in the trading game. That's a short term, maybe the fix and flip deals, the short term deals the, you know, you have to look at the market a little bit closer with that. But for the long term game, you're exactly right. Kind of this, this capitalist economy can be confusing because really what, uh, you know, what a capitalist does is takes an asset and makes money with it, right? It, they provide value to a group of people and they make money with it. Well, we're doing the same thing with real estate and with a long-term asset. You're buying something and providing a value to people. In short-term rentals, we're providing this unique experience, this fun area to go, to go stay at and live with and, and, or, and, and, enjoy as much as we do that's our product that we're delivering and in turn those people our customers our guests are paying down this asset for us and we get we get to make some money on it in the meantime but the the ultimate long-term goal is you've got these really significant assets that are getting paid down by somebody else the only way to do that is to start the pay down process as soon as possible and you make those pivots on the back end and and of with the marketing and how you're, how you're going to compete and everything else. But it's, it's two completely different conversations, right? It is. It's, that's what people should know is if you decide to invest in vacation rentals, vacation homes, you're investing in two businesses at once. And a lot of people are getting confused about the first business, which is you are now participating in the real estate world, in the real estate transaction world. But that's not the only thing you're doing. If that was the only thing you're doing, you better be worried about the market. You better hold it for the right time and sell it at the right time. And hopefully that works out for your personal timetable because you've got to wait for the market either to buy or to sell. But we're like, it's more like, so I was looking at vans lately, right? Because you know me, I drive a Jeep. I, I'm sleeping in the back country all the time. And I was like, how cool would it be to live in a van? I'm going to sleep in the back of it. I'm going to build it out, put my coffee machine in there and everything. Not, right? not cool, by the way, but what... Yeah. Yeah. Each is over. Yeah. <laughs> okay. All right. I love that. So I go shopping for vans and I remember we were looking, uh, we're at this dealership and it's like a mom and pop. And I quoted like, Hey, you know, I think I could give you this much for the van. And it was like 1500 bucks less than they had it listed. Pretty reasonable for a private seller. And he like got this red look in his face. He's like, Oh dude, we paid more than that. Like there was just no room in his deal. And I remember walking around like me and Brooke felt really bad. Like this poor mom and pop probably hasn't has a sale in like a month. And we could have been a sale and then we wanted a better deal and you couldn't do it. Right. And I was just like, what a sad time to be in the car sales game. Like that would be really tough because a lot of people aren't buying right now. There's not a lot of room in it. Right. And it's kind of like that. Right. Cause he's trying to buy and sell a van, but take that compared to like a food truck. Like if he's selling food trucks and the price of food trucks goes up and down, he's really hoping that it's a high time and that everybody wants a food truck because he's going to make money because he can charge a thousand or 2000 more per food truck. Right. But if you were running a business out of that food truck, 
you're going to buy the food truck, whether it's high or whether it's low, because the month that you bought that, you can now sell this many hot dogs and you made this much off of those hot dogs. You're better off buying now high rather than waiting a year to buy it at 2000 less because right. you 10,000 every month on hot dogs. Love it. Love the analogy because you're exactly right. Right. It, the van to go sleep in, in the back country is one thing because you're buying a vehicle, but that vehicle doesn't produce anything for you. The food truck is, is an asset that you're buying and has the ability to produce income for you on a regular basis. So whether, the, whether food truck prices are high or low, you're looking at the back end and saying, what, what can this food truck produce for me? If it's positive, I'm buying whether it's high or low, right? Because I'm getting a positive net return. And that's what we're looking at. Well, real estate is much like what we're talking about, just like a food truck, except for our asset actually goes up in value too. So we make money along the way, somebody pays it down and it goes up in value. So it's, you know, you've got all these different things working for you. And that's why in my head, I'm like, I mean, it's, it's a great example to, to show people, you know, it's not, if we're just buying it and then waiting, you know, I'm buying an asset and I'm going to wait and it doesn't produce for me. Nobody else is paying it down. It's an expense for me and it's a liability. And the only way I make money is if the, if the value goes up so that I can sell it, then that's, that's a little more, you got, that's market dependent, right? That's something I have to really pay attention to the markets for. That's not what we're talking about, right? That, you know, I used to do that. Remember back in the day, I, I think I've told a lot of the, 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 these stories. I don't know if I told this on the podcast, so maybe you guys haven't heard it, but I remember back in the day, I was a fix and flipper. I was in the game and I was fixing and flipping houses all the time and, and, you know, making decent money doing it. And I would go to the local real estate investment club and this old boy, I, I'd stick my chest out. And this old guy named George was there and he put his arm around me and said, Sean, you know, I think you're, you know, you're doing a good job fixing and flipping, but quit referring to yourself as a real estate investor. You're not a real estate investor. And I'm looking at him like, dude, get the hell out of here. I'm, I'm, you know, you're old, you, you're old. You don't know what you're talking about. Right. I'm this 20 year old cocky kid. And, uh, but he was exactly right. He kind of really hurt my feelings. First of all, he kind of took my ego and squashed it because I thought I was pretty cool. And then he's like, no, you're, you're not that cool. And, uh, but he was right. But what he was, his point he was trying to make. And he told me after he said, you're not a real estate investor. He said, you're a trader. You go buy a property, you fix it up and you sell it. An investor buys an asset and puts that asset to work and lets it produce over time. And ultimately it turns into that mailbox money and then ultimately skyrockets our net worth. Ultimately we have all these tax write-offs, all these different things that long-term real estate, all these benefits that we have. And, and, and he, I mean, that, that's what really back in the day opened my eye to the difference between short-term and long-term assets. And even though we call we're talking about short-term rentals, when we're talking about short-term rentals, that's still a long-term asset. And people have to remember that the market overall is irrelevant. The markets are at all-time highs right now, and they continue to go up. Inventory levels are super low. We're in bidding wars every single day on properties. I made three offers on properties again today. Every week, we're trying to make between five and 10 offers. And we're not getting very many of them, but we're still aggressively going after them. And we're bidding over. You know, now... I, I was telling somebody today, I said, you know, now the definition of a lowball offer is offering asking price, yeah. right? It's like now you're a lowballer. You come in at, at list price, you're a lowballer. And so we're, we're having to pay more for these assets. And, you know, 
but we're still doing it because we know that the asset itself is going to produce money. And, and the same that, that, that um, lesson that George was trying to teach me along the way, way back then was you have to get in the game because unless you're in the game, you have to, have, there's a certain amount of time that an asset matures and every asset is different. Apartment complex mature at a certain, uh, at a certain rate. Single family homes mature at a certain rate. Short-term rentals mature at a certain rate. And you need to start that maturity process. One thing we love about short-term rentals is they actually mature quite a bit faster than other rental or other, other long-term assets, which are pretty fun, right? You know, instead of that 12 to 15 year maturity, that's kind of average on a single family home, you'll see, you know, that five to eight year maturity level where they become really significant financial assets in a shorter period of time. And, and, but it, you can't, they can't mature if you're not in the game. They can't mature if you don't own the asset. Yeah. Which is just so exciting. That is another thing we just don't get to talk about enough. We spend so much time talking about how to get into your first one and how you've got to use the right numbers and you've got to know what you're getting into. And that's what your course is so successful with is you're not just a mom and pop figuring out a cap and they want to buy and hoping it cash flows, you know, before you buy what you're getting into. But so we focus on that and then it's like, Hey, you know, I might have to float this thing for four months until busy season. We're getting it ready. We're making a couple changes and then it's on the market and here we go. We're profitable. And some of our members have done amazing that way. Like, we're talking, they have that thing listed the first day and they're profitable for their first month in two days, right? Yeah. That's amazing. Those stories are great, but it also helps us like, it makes us not focus so much on five years from now, that thing's paid off. You think it's profitable now? Can you imagine? Yeah. Yeah. All those things that we talk about trying to, because we were so focused on the short-term stuff, a lot of times we lose sight of really what the long game is. And, and really, you brought up a, g- a good point, too, that kind of makes me want to talk about like kind of the two different markets, right? We talk about the acquisition. And when I tell people, get in the market yesterday, we're making offers on all kinds of houses. You know, we identify good markets. We understand the property types that work in certain markets. We understand the price points that work in certain markets. So you have to have knowledge about what you're going and buying. The game, it, especially now, these are the short-term knowledge points and pivots that you should always be aware of. And when I say we, we, we do pay attention to what the market's doing, because right now prices are really high. So you could look at 10 properties in an area and you could offer $10,000 over ask price on all 10 of those properties, but it, you'll be able to identify the two that you can actually afford to pay over ask price and get and, and perform as a good asset. It doesn't mean that every property, even in a really hot area is going to produce as an asset. It means you you still though want to get in the game with the right asset, right? You do still that, that analogy of you make your money when you buy, there is some truth to that. I just think sometimes people assume it's buy low, sell high. You have to buy at a huge discount. You don't have to buy at a huge discount. You have to buy, buy an asset that has the ability to make money for you for the long term, and not all properties have that ability, right? And so, so you have to really understand this acquisition side of the game. But when you understand it and it's logical, and and I always tell people, it's not rocket science, it's logic-based investing, but you have to be able to fill in the pieces of the puzzle to paint that picture, to make that, you know, to be able to look at it and see it for what it is. But then also, once you have that property, now you're talking about an entirely different skill set and market and, you know, that is independent of the acquisition is now actually having this asset produce, making money with the asset, Right. Because a guy bought a food truck doesn't mean he knows how to cook hamburgers for the shit, right? right. <laughs> you have to have now the product. The same with short-term rentals. I buy a nice asset. 
I still have to be able to deliver this unique experience, go out and stand out in these crowded marketplaces that are going up and going down. And you have to be able to make those. And, and that is more market dependent, right? Now you're having to understand the market, but a totally separate market. That's a, that's a market of people coming to an area. And so you're playing multiple games and it can be a lot of fun and it can seem overwhelming. It's not, but there are a lot of moving parts that you dive into and, and, don't let yourself use the market itself as going up or down as, I mean, I'm telling you, Scott, I can't, I, and I've told you this before, I'm saying it so that other people hear it, but when things were going up, you know, in, in 2005 and six, everybody was getting in the market. Everybody wants to buy, 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 right? Nobody was thinking about a bubble because we haven't had a real bubble. We had the dot-com burst and some markets got hit a little bit, but we didn't really have a bubble in real estate. So everybody's speculating. Inventory levels were sky high. Well, the bubble burst, everything starts to drop. While everything is dropping, people are like, oh crap, you know, I got to sell. I'm not going to buy now. Or, or, you know, very few people are buying on the low. Everybody wants to buy low, but almost nobody buys low, right? Mm -hmm. Everybody talks about buying low when prices are going up, but nobody really buys low when it's low. Because when, when it's low, people are like, shit, it, if I buy today, it's going to be worth less tomorrow. Yeah, they're just as worried as when it's going on. You're up. just as worried. You have just as many excuses, if not more. I see more people buying a height in a rising tide than you do when it's dropping like crazy. And then 2011 and 12 hit, kind of hit the bottom in 10, 11, 12, depending on your market. And it starts to go back up. And everybody's like, shit, I can't buy right now because it's going to dip back down. It, this, could, this could get worse. And so you give yourself an excuse no matter what. Well, guess what? We were buying properties on the way down. We buy properties on the way up. And the people who do make the long-term gains and, and you have an asset that can produce. So I, again, I, I, I know I'm beating a dead horse, but really kind of I want to beat the, the dead horse because this is something that people, I think, have this like internal block sometimes. And yeah. it, you know, they're, they've got the money to invest. They're in a good position to do it, right? We don't talk about biting off more than you can chew and, and, and biting, purchasing properties that you can't afford. You know, that's not what we're about. If you've listened to me long enough, you, you've heard me talk about being very responsible and conservative with your investments. But now all of a sudden, the, the decision, if this is the game you want to play in, the decision about the, what the, mar or the, the question about what the market is doing is irrelevant, and I just keep, I just want to keep beating that like into people's heads that you're only going to win. Time is the great equalizer. You're only going to win if you're getting in the market. And then, and it, you're, you know, we can't guarantee any sort of success, right? We always say that you can't guarantee success, but you can guarantee you're not going to have success if you're not in the game. Yeah. You can certainly guarantee failure. Yeah. Yeah. You can guarantee failure. You can't guarantee success, but you can, you can line the, you know, stack the deck in your favor pretty well in, in most markets. And, and people know that in, not in just in this game, but all other games, right? People understand that they can stack the deck in their favor. And that's what we talk about on the short term, right? How are you going to, how are you going to get your offer accepted in a, in these competitive markets? How are you going to increase demand and get somebody to book your property in the shoulder seasons? How are you going to maximize your average nightly rates? All these different things that will stack the market in your favor. When you're buying a property, how do you identify good locations and good property types that, that work in that location, right? Some areas, three bedroom homes don't do very well. Other areas, they're the hot ticket, you know, and, and vice, you know, maybe, maybe studios are a great opportunity in one market where six bedroom homes plus are better opportunity in another market. All these different things you need to know based on the market, but the decision of 
if the market's going up or down really frankly is irrelevant. It, and Sean, that's why our members really run circles around everybody else that has been thinking about doing this. In fact, most members join us after thinking about it for 10 years. I mean, how many, this is funny because this is how I met you. <laughs> yeah. Right. I, I hadn't taken a vacation in too long. My wife convinces me to go to New Zealand for three years, three weeks. And what do I do? Like two days in, I see your ad and I book it. I'm like, I have to talk to this guy. This guy gets it. Right. How many members do that? They're out on vacation. They're like, I'm paying this guy's mortgage. Yeah. I want to, do it. but they've been doing that for 10 years and then they join and I think what's unclear, it's, it's almost like you should have started three businesses because the value is there for all three. You teach people how to find a great deal in real estate, that's valuable. People should pay for that. You teach people how to get your offer accepted in a hot market. That's what you're doing a lot of right now. That's worth a lot of money. And then they enter a second phase, a completely separate business, which is all about hospitality. If I invest in Jackson Hole, I'm investing in the real estate market to buy a home and I'm investing in the tourism market. Yep. And creating an experience, a great place for people to stay. So there's just so much value there that people get confused with step one. Yeah. And it's so funny. You mentioned that, how you, how you found me when you're on vacation, it's how a lot of people find me. I mean, I would, I bet you 80% of our membership found me on vacation and, yeah. you know, <laughs> and, uh, they, they're, they're on vacation and they're running the numbers in their head thinking, why am I not doing this? I, I, I know what this property costs. I know what I'm paying for the week and I start running their numbers. And it doesn't mean that, you know, every, you know, you're going to be a millionaire overnight with this, but you run the numbers and then you logically start to think about it. But then you, that doubt creeps in. Right. And that's what, that's the whole point of today's le, like podcast is one of the biggest things that we allow ourselves. I mean, we're, we're always our own worst enemy and we allow that doubt to creep into our head. Well, that part of that doubt, when you're not a professional investor, when you haven't done, you know, most people have, you know, they're, if they've got, you know, higher in income earners, they might have 401ks and everything else. They're in that for the long term and they're throwing money in a 401k, whatever else, but they're not actively investing, right? So if you're yeah. not an active investor for the long term, you think immediately on the surface, the market is what I have to pay attention to. The market is irrelevant. Right. And, and so it, it's so, um, I told you before this, I said this, I, I, I'm probably going to just sound like a broken record because I just want people to get that through their heads. Doesn't mean go out and buy if you don't know what you're doing. You still yeah. have to have your ducks in a row. You still better figure out if, if first, if this is even the game you want to play in and get those questions answered, have, have, you know, understand how to acquire the right properties in the right area. But you can do that really well when markets are going up and you can do that really well when markets are going down and, and still make money the whole way. See, and that's, that's even good for the members who are listening that have already joined that, you know, weeks one and two, where you get really clear on what's my long-term game. Why am I really doing this? Cause people come in, I wouldn't say confused. People come in excited. Right. And it's like, Hey, I just want investment. What cash flow is the best. I want to make this much money with this. Heck, I want, I want to even want to quit my job in two years and just like, let's do this. This sounds really fun. Right. Yeah. And you give them a few weeks to really dive in. It's like, well, actually our first one, we probably want closer to home and we actually want to use it a little bit. And we kind of want this type of property if we can make it work. And it's just so important to get that stuff figured out. And so as people look at this, the long-term game has to be how you make your decisions because it's the short-term game people that get really stuck on, well, the market doesn't look good, so I'm going to wait. And then they don't do the long-term thinking about, well, regardless of markets, I want to be here in 10 years. And so, because when you do the long term, it's very simple. All right, well, I want them in these four or five markets. 
I want to get there as soon as I can. Right now, cash flow is most important. Down the road, appreciation is going to be most important. I got to get started now. It's very clear if you take the long view. Yeah. It's very it's, confusing if you take the short. It's so clear if you take the long. And, and this is a totally different episode that you and I could talk for an hour about on the marketing side, but I'm going to tell you about it right now because it, it's so obvious. So we talk a lot about direct bookings, right? And I, it just reminded me when you said people think on the, on the short term, and we try to get people to say, what is the long-term game so that we can help you remind you of those short-term decisions you're making. Like, Hey, this is the long-term game. And yeah. so we're going to help remind you of these, these short-term decisions you need to make to get to that long-term status as soon as possible. One of the, one of the, you know, when we own these assets, part of it is, is maximizing them and getting the most amount of bookings as possible, really be the top properties in the area, maximize your occupancy, maximize your rates. There's all these different ways that we do that. One of those is through direct bookings because these OTAs, you know, it's, um, the, you know, it, it, people kind of understand this, I think a little bit better on Amazon, but the OTAs are like Amazon, right? They, they've got this big customer base. And as a host, if I have a property and OTAs, sorry, stands for online travel agencies. And that's like your Airbnbs, your VRBOs, your bookings.com, all these, all these big marketplaces that have all these people going and checking out properties. They assume if you haven't been in this game, people assume that when somebody stays in my property, that that's my customer. And if it was booked on Airbnb or VRBO or with your management company, that's not your customer. That's their customer. And so we talk all the time about direct bookings and how we're going to, to generate these direct bookings. And people assume that I'm doing it on the, on the short term to save 8% or 10% or whatever these OTAs are charging. It has nothing to do with that. It's because I understand what my long-term goal is with this asset and my, that if in any business, the most valuable asset in any business is the customer base, right? And this is a little business. Remember, we bought the, we, we own the real estate now. We own the asset. We talked about capitalism and everything else on the back end. And the second aspect of, of owning this asset is maximizing the asset. Well, you maximize it by having a great customer base. And you do that by generating your own customers. And so we talk about this, right? You and I talk about this all the time. We do it the same way as I show up on your newsfeed when you're on vacation, we know how to do that same thing for people who are looking to stay in the properties that we own, where we own properties at, right? So we yeah. understand that game a little bit. So we teach people to do that. Well, how many people, Scott, just uh, how many people in our group do that? How many people actually take advantage of that side of life? Not enough. Not many. Not many. percent, maybe. Yeah. Yeah. A really small group of people who, who paid to learn how to do this who still don't do it because they're still sometimes hung up on the short-term aspect of it. And they don't understand the long-term, the long-term benefits of owning a customer base because you haven't really got there. And it takes, it takes two years or so to build a customer base, but I just, I'll give you an example this more. And this is why I thought of this because you, you, sorry, you, you say one sentence that people don't think for the long-term and uh, I go off on this tangent. So bear with me. So today I was just talking to our guy who runs our, our, all of our media buying. He's an, he's a real estate investor as well. Does, does really, um, does amazing lives in the Cayman islands and, um, on grand Cayman and he owns a property. He owns a second, a second home there, a vacation home that he bought and bought it this last year. He's owned it for about six to eight months, I think. And his property, the island's been closed. I mean, they've got really, really strict restrictions with COVID the island's closed. 
you, if you come in, you quarantine for 14 days and they're only really wanting residents in and out. And so it, he, his property is pretty much, you know, it, it's, I mean, it, it really hasn't produced yet. He's got, he's generated like six to eight bookings in that amount of time because nobody can really come out unless they're willing to stay a little bit longer. And so his friend, he was telling me though, is had a property and she has a property that she's owned for three years now. And she has about 300 people who've stayed in her property and same Island, same situation, but these are all people who are in her customer list on her, in her customer base. And she's got a wait list only property. And this property that now has more people that want to stay at it than can stay at it. And so she's a wait list only situation. And so she actually has, even though so she says, Hey, listen, you're welcome to come. You have to quarantine for 14 days. So what she's doing is people are coming out for one or two months at a time, but her property is completely booked from all these people that had an amazing experience, everything else. So that value of that customer base, even though it's only 300 people is huge. I mean, these are million dollar properties. It's, it's several hundred thousand dollars in value to her to have that customer base built up. There are people, I promise you on that same Island that run their business through Airbnb VRBO that don't have a customer base that have been in business for a long time. And they're not, they're not able to make money on that asset right now. Yeah. So, um, the value that that's a kind of an extreme example, but the point of it is, is in the, you know, whether you're on an Island or not, that has, you know, shutdowns like that. If your property's even in these areas that are opened up the value of a customer base. And because in the long run, what drives our profits on these assets and allows us to mature them and pay them off in five to eight years is not sitting them on Airbnb VRBO. It's being able to take that customer base that we, that we, that is our customers. And we are all of a sudden snowball that repeat customer, um, that repeat customer list. Right. And we become a wait list only type of a property. And we do that by having our own customer base. And that allows us to now all of a sudden have a property paid off in five to eight years. That's huge. It's huge. And you're not going to do that by borrowing somebody else's customer. So again, that's just the, that's kind of a tangent that we, that you and I talk about all the time. And, and I understand why people don't because they're busy and they're booked. Their properties are booked right now. The markets are hot, right? They're taking advantage of the short-term market that is white hot right now. And their properties are booked and it's easier to go generate your bookings from somebody else's list than it is to go well, I, I, I'm, I, I actually am going to back up. It's not easier if you understand how to do it, but it's easier to not have to learn a new skill set, I guess I should say, yeah. and, and take that front end time to learn the new skill set to be able to get your own direct bookings. But again, it's, it's that short term versus long term thinking and making decisions for the long term. Real estate is a long term play. Yep, that's well said. And it's interesting that there's that parallel confusion. Looking at buying a vacation home, you think it's about the market. It's not. It's about the business of creating an experience. Yeah. And with marketing, yeah, you have members every once in a while that are like, well, why would I spend money on ads? Like, even though we get a positive ROI on ads, that's the thing. It would be easier to teach what you're trying to teach if our ads were like a negative. And it's like, hey, you kind of break even on ads, you know? Yeah. But it's worth doing because you're going to have 300 customers that you can email at any time a year or two from now. And we but, make money on the front end but we get money on the front end. So then people are like, Oh, well, I should do that. And then they get booked and then same thing. All right. My property's booked. Why would I spend more money on ads? And it's like, well, yeah. When, uh, when the tide's high, all boats rise. Right. <laughs> right. 
yeah, goes out. What is, what does Warren Buffett say? Or you find out who's swimming naked and, and that's going to happen. It goes up and down and we know how to make those pivots when it goes up and when it goes down, well, we're, we're, everybody's going to be fine. You know, we're, you're, you're, there's money to be made up and down, but there's only money to be made if you're in the game. And so, you know, understand the, the game. And those of you that are listening to this on the fence thinking, Hey, every, I, I, I want to be in the space. I've got the money. I'm ready to, to do it. Give yourself permission to say, okay, I'm going to make sure the T's are crossed and the I's are dotted. I'm going to do it the right way, but I'm going to move forward, not worried about whether the market goes down tomorrow or not, or whether it continues to go up. It's irrelevant. You know, we'll get that asset, get somebody else paying it down, start really maximizing it on the back end. Again, we're talking about two totally separate markets. Maximizing the asset is different, you know, in the food truck. Selling, selling the hamburger is different than buying the truck. Yeah. And, and the same in real estate. It, you know, selling that experience and that unique, uh, you know, property experience and that where people can come and enjoy that is different than buying the asset. And you have to look at it as two different things. And because we have the ability to maximize it on the back end, the market on the front end, as long as it per, can, has the ability to produce, and we're going to, we have to look at that as long as you have the ability to produce with that asset, you're going to have the ability to produce with that asset for the long term. Yeah. They say don't invest in things you don't understand, which is good. People are confused. They should get unconfused before they do. 100%. But if you really think about it, like what are your options? You've got some money sitting there. You're ready to invest in something. You maxed out the 401k and all the, the regular stuff, right? Yeah. Like what I'm, are you a, I'm, a, I'm more scared about the stock market now. I was always scared. I'm a, I'm a chicken when it comes to the stock market. I just think it's, I don't understand it, right? Don't invest in what you don't understand right there. I don't understand it. But the fact, because I've always thought the hedge funds manipulate the whole market, which they do. But now you've got the Reddit boys manipulating the market, which is, I mean, I'm like, okay, that's not a, that's not the fire that I'm going to play with. Because I, I'm yeah. not, if I'm not part of the manipulation somewhere, I'm going to be like, all right, I, I'm, not, I'm out. It's a huge point because I think, I think most people that come to us have been frustrated for at least 10 years. I know I have. If you have money, where on earth am I going to put it? And it gets frustrating, even if you think you can kind of understand the game. And some people do understand the game. But what is more understandable than a great vacation experience? Like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, figure out how to do the real estate game right and to do it in your acquisition. And then go play this really fun game of like, man, if we had a hot tub, we could charge 20 bucks more a night. If we let them bring their dogs and only half of them will, we could charge 30 bucks more. Like that's a fun game. And that is a fundamentally understandable game because yeah. we all play it. We're all on Airbnb searching and we're like, Hey, it has Wi-Fi. Ooh, this one has a hot tub. Ooh, this one has a fireplace. Yeah. I'm in. <laughs> this one I can bring my dog. Yeah. Look, sign me up. I'm coming. Right. Yeah. It's it, exactly. We, it's logic based investing. We make, it makes sense to, somebody like me that does a lot of things don't make sense to. So, yeah, yeah. You, know, you know, and, and the fact, like I, I always get comments on our ads and stuff like, Oh yeah. Vacations wait till the economy tanks and people don't take vacations. And I'm like, dude, do you think all vacations stop if something goes down? No. I mean, come on, you know, people take vacations in good times and bad. And when somebody's going through a bad time in COVID right now, right. There are people that are going through some rough times and there are other people who are really doing well. Certain industries always thrive and certain industries are, are hurting in different times of, of, the, of the game. So you're always going to have people interested in coming. 
you're not trying to attract millions of people to your property. You're going to maybe get 50 people a year. Yeah. So, so if you, you think that, that the market itself actually has anything to do with it, good or bad or ugly, um, you know, it, it doesn't, I mean, it really doesn't, you, you make those pivots, but people are vacationing all the time. It's a, it's a mainstream accommodation. So you're always going to have that back end ability to maximize it. So don't worry on the front end if the market's going up or down. So, all right, Scott, I'm going to let you go today. Uh, and we'll let everybody else get off. I'm going to, you guys, I, I always, as always appreciate you being on here with us. Um, listening. If you got any value out of it, share it with somebody. We're, we're a small time podcast and we'd love to have more people hear us and hear our voice. And if, especially if you got value out of it, hopefully we can share some words of wisdom or at least our view of the world of uh, our view of the world of wisdom, I should say. Maybe I'll, maybe I'll take, maybe I'll change the podcast name to that. Sean's world of wisdom. <laughs> <laughs> no, we'll, uh, we'll be back in action guys. Same time, same place next week. I always appreciate you being here. Go check us out on Instagram, Real Sean Moore. And then on our uh, um, YouTube and Facebook accounts, we're posting a lot more content on there. So go check it out as well. And we'll plan on seeing you same time, same place next week. Cheers. Thanks for joining us on this episode of Lifestyle Asset University Podcast. Share this with other people you think need to hear about it. And don't forget to subscribe and leave us a review. Hey Grace, is there a website? Yes! For more amazing content and 